0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of a time such as this. I'm so glad you're here, um, and yeah, I'm excited to open up God's word with you and talk about what the Lord has been teaching me, what the Lord is showing me. Um, I'm super hyped up because the Lord has some awesome stuff in the works, and I'm just super stoked about it. Um, so as you know, last week we not last week, last uh, I don't know when I recorded the episode, last episode. We talked about Galatians chapter 1, and I don't think I went through the whole chapter. Um, I might have, but as I was going through uh, preparing for this episode, which was Galatians chapter 2, I went back to verse 11, and there was just some good stuff that I think definitely needs to be mentioned. So today's episode is going to be a little bit of a mix between the end of chapter 1 and chapter 2, all nicely put Together, I have some notes here, have some scriptures, and um, yeah, we're gonna get right into it. But first, we need to pray um, to ask the Lord just to be with us and to teach us. So let's pray, uh, dear Heavenly Father. I thank you so much for this day, God. I thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives, Jesus. I thank you for every single person, Lord, that you put in contact with this podcast, God. I pray that I would just be a vessel for your spirit to speak through, Lord Jesus. I ask, Lord, that. It would not be words from my mouth, but words from yours, God, that your word would just ring true um, in their lives, Lord God, that you would just reveal things that they need to hear, um, speak to their hearts in, in a personal, intimate way, God. And I just, I ask that you'd fill us all with the Holy Spirit, Lord, that your spirit would lead us into all truth, God, that you would help us to discern um, just what is from you and what is not. And so God, I ask as we open up your word and read, Lord, that you'd be with us, that you would teach us. Um And that you would show us exactly what you have for us tonight. And so, God, I thank you for this time that we can come before you and learn from you. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, just so you know, um I gave a little bit of history in the last episode. But Galatians was a letter written from Paul to a church in Galatia. Or churches. Sometimes there's multiple churches here. In the cities. Or in the city that it was written to. And people would receive these letters and read it to the people, pass it around, um, and be encouraged by it. And so, um, you can listen to the other chapters. I would definitely recommend going that route. Um, and then following along in your Bible. So, if you have your Bibles, open it up to Galatians chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 11. And I'm just going to start and let's, let's just read so verse 11 says i want you to know brothers and sisters that the gospel i preached is not of human origin i did not receive it from any man nor was i taught it rather i received it by revelation from jesus christ and as you guys remember or if you don't i can explain it of course um that paul literally had jesus the risen christ come to him and uh he was one of the last people um, to have an experience like this. And um, yeah, he saw Jesus. And that's how he received the revelation about Jesus. Before he would persecute Christians, throw them in jail, help them get killed. Um, and it was, a, it was a gnarly situation. But in the matter of three days, Jesus had him all turned around and, and became um, the greatest missionary. Did a lot of stuff. The Lord used him in a huge, huge way. Um, so that's kind of that. He did actually receive it from, by revelation from Jesus himself, which was super awesome. Um, 13, for you have learned, or so, sorry, you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my father's. I'm just gonna stop right there for a second because the next couple points that I'm about to get into with the verses after are just oh so good. So we need to back up a little bit to verse eleven. The gospel I preached is not of human origin, and that really stuck out to me um, as I was reading because I, I just take a look at the world right now, and we have so many different theologies, so many different gospels, so many different things that are being preached, and they are in fact from human origin. I mean. Yes, we could talk about different religions, um, and that could be a whole series in and of itself. But even just within the realm of Christianity, there are so many things that originate from human beings. There's a lot of beliefs that are not biblical that are being talked about in the church. Um, there's even a lot of churches that have kind of like taken the way with the world and certain things um, that the Bible explicitly says hey, this is not a good idea, you should not do this. Um, they do it, and they not only do it, but they encourage and say, hey, it's okay if you do this too. And there's actually scripture about that, which makes it kind of scary. Um, and so that's the dangerous thing. And so what the Lord was really reminding me in, in this small verse is to be careful, to always take things back to scripture, take it back to prayer, and allow the Holy Spirit himself to tell you the truth about what the Lord meant when he wrote or inspired this word. um, And to remember that the things of God are biblical and not earthly, but the things of human origin are earthly, not biblical. And so a lot of times, you know, the enemy will use people and uh, twist scripture and twist the truth. And he'll mix some truth in there because he wants to make it sound believable. Like he's not going to tell you that you know, unicorns are real and that God's a unicorn. No, because that would be ridiculous and ninety-nine percent of people would not believe that. But what he will do is take things that sound like scripture or things that sound good, mix it with a lot of lies, mix it with a little truth, to make it sound really solid. And so um we have to keep that as a as our foundation. Prayer in scripture, And we need to be willing to be wrong. And that was one thing that the Lord really, really, really taught me, especially at the beginning of me really jumping in as a Christian, is being willing to be wrong is key in our relationships with the Lord because there's a lot of things that our hearts are going to desire, our hearts are going to lean towards, and things that we're going to chase after that just straight up aren't biblical, that aren't from the Lord, that aren't good. Um, and we have to be able to recognize that. And obviously the Holy Spirit helps us. But it doesn't help when we have a hard heart saying, well, I want that anyway, so I'm going to choose it. So we really need to be careful of that and be aware when we are starting to kind of sway in that direction. And um, even the Bible, a very scary verse is uh, one that says, but God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. And uh, being in opposition to God, the almighty is terrifying. And so, you know, when we look at our lives and we see, well, how am I being prideful? Well, being prideful is doing anything that is for yourself and not considering what the Lord has to say about it and doing what you want instead. And obviously we're not perfect, but to regularly pray for and practice humility is is so important. So, um, so that's what I have to say about that. Um, going back over... Um, Also to verse 13 that says, for you have heard of my previous way of life. And this also stuck out to me um, because, you know, a lot of times going, you know, connecting this to the human origin. There's gospels and people and things out there that say, you know, you live your best life and Jesus is an add on. Jesus is your ticket to heaven. Jesus is your ticket to social acceptance, which is becoming less and less an actual thing anymore. And people really don't like Christians very much. Um, but you know, it's, it's your ticket to, to heaven and you can live however you want, say whatever you want, be whoever you want, desire in your heart, think in your mind, whatever you want, and still just be chugging along as a Christian and it counts. Well, let me, I'm just gonna be brutally honest with you. And it does, it doesn't, that is not biblical. That is not from scripture. Jesus is in the business of changing lives. He says you will know, they will know you by how you love people. He said the two greatest commands are loving God and loving others. And when you look at the biblical definition of love, it looks vastly different from what human beings have decided that love is. Love is not feelings. Love is an action. Love is a person, and that is the person of Jesus Christ. And so we need to, when it says to love others, we need to love them the way that Jesus would love them. And that's difficult because Jesus died for people. And, you know, when, if you were to be asked, would you die for so-and-so? Who's your worst enemy? Most people would say no. And that's a huge, huge thing to ask. but even on a more practical scale, dying to yourself? Would you die to your own will of, hey, I don't want to serve this person because I don't like them, or I don't want to do this because I don't want to give them the satisfaction, or whatever. That's not our, that's not our place to decide, and that's not what we're called to do as Christians. And what I loved about this is that Paul was just straight up. He said, you've heard about how I used to be. Like he owns it and he is not ashamed to talk about it, um, which is huge. That's so freeing. Um, He says, you know, you've heard about it and this is what I used to do. Um, I used to persecute the church. I tried to destroy it. Um, But the big thing that I took away from that is that he said my previous way of life. You know our testimonies are super powerful. It's it's the old I if you know me I always say the old Taylor you wouldn't like the old Taylor the old Taylor used to do this and the new Taylor or pre Jesus Taylor post Jesus Taylor and it's true, and our testimonies because of the change that takes place in someone's life when the Holy Spirit takes over and um, really starts to change the person is so incredible that it can only be attributed to the Lord at work and you know, there's no competition, there's no judgment. Your testimony is powerful because God is involved and God is powerful. And so even if you weren't, you know, this person who has this insane testimony went through, you know, all these crazy things, maybe you grew up in a Christian home, you gave your life to the Lord when you were eight years old. That's so powerful still that you as a child decided to give your life to the Lord in that way and have and have stuck it out since and, and the Lord has used you since like that's incredible it's so powerful um, all of it is so good and we need to not be fearful to share them and we need to allow the Lord to be glorified through them and just to go for it and there's a ton of power in our testimonies as well I mean in Revelation it talks about how we overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb Jesus and the word of our testimony because standing on that Promise remembering the faithfulness of God is huge in fueling our faith in the present and in, in the future. And because I'm a, nor- a nerd, I um, looked up the word, word previous and it means existing or occurring before in time or order. So think about that for a second my previous way of life, and then he starts describing these things that he used to do, those are things that he did before. He knew the Lord. And then in the verses after, which we're going to get to in a second, he talks about what his life looked like after the Lord and what he did after the Lord. And so just insert this here, you know, our bad habits, ignorance of our sin, um, our sin (laughs) existed or occurred before Jesus, but we are new now. And it's like a verse in second Corinthians. that just said, you know, in Christ, we are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come and there's also a verse um in Col- or a couple verses actually um in colossians chapter 1 verses 21 through 23 and those verses say once you were alienated from god and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior but now he has reconciled you by christ's physical body through death to represent to present you sorry Holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, establish and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I Paul have become a servant and so before the Lord it says we were alienated from God and were enemies in our minds because of our evil behavior, but Christ has reconciled us to present us holy and blemish free and free from accusation um and even. S- more uh, let's go to Acts really quick. I need to pull it up. Sorry, give me one second. Acts 1730 says in the past God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands that all people everywhere to repent. So you know he before Jesus, you know, there was an ignorance to sin, but there's Jesus and Jesus tells us this is how you need to live. This is what I ask of you. And I'm gonna help you do it, but it needs to it needs to get done. Um and it's a it's a relationship that we have that's kind of like our parents, you know, we do things wrong or our guardians, whoever raised us, um, or whoever had a leadership position in our lives, um, you know, they taught us, hey, that's not a good idea. You should not do that. Or they would give us commands. This is something you will not do. And it was for our good and, and for the benefit of our lives. But the times that we would mess up, you know, that that's, that happens. But those things are before Christ. And in Christ, we are new creations. He gives us a fresh start. He allows us to walk into newness of life, um, to serve him, to be freed from temptation. Because temptation and sin is just, oh, it's the old ball and chain, you know. Uh, and it just drags you around, drags you down. And so in the Lord, we can be free. But just remember that our lives should should look different. Um, and Paul even mentions that here. And I love the next verse. Um, it says, you know, he's talking about all these things that he used to do. And then he says in verse 15, but when God who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles My immediate response was not to consult any human being. And I love that. He says, You know, I used to do this, I used to persecute the church, I tried to destroy it, but God called me. And he was pleased to reveal his son to me. And I love how he gives some Psalm 139 references in there who set me apart from my mother's womb. God knew us even then, and he knows us now. And he is pleased to reveal Jesus to us. He wants us to know Jesus because he wants to know us. And the only way to get to God is through Jesus Christ. And um, he says, so that there was a purpose behind why it happened. It was so that he might preach Jesus to the Gentiles. For Paul's good and for God's glory, and for the good of those around. God blesses multifacetedly. I love it. He has a part for us to play in his story, and it's beautiful. So that was kind of the end of chapter one that I kind of wanted to talk about, but um, jumping into chapter two, we're just going to get right on in, because it's some good stuff. This whole book is honestly really good. Um, But, chapter 2, we're not going to necessarily read through it, um, but I just wanted to talk about some main points that the Lord really spoke to me about. Um, I wanted to specifically go down to verse... Where did it go? Um, Verse 3. And in here, they're talking about circumcision and the Gospels among the Gentiles. And for some historical and cultural context... um, back in the day circumcision was a thing that um the israelites would do as a symbol it was obviously there's some scientific stuff involved in there um it was a symbol of god's promise to their to these people um and it just symbolized partially um a the covenant but b you know the lord cutting out the parts that were bad or unnecessary or not good for that person. And and it talks about the circumcision of the heart as well. Um, and, you know, it's important. But anyways, now fast forward to Galatians. And there's a lot of people who were still following the Jewish law. They were like, yeah, Gentiles, you can be Christians, but you have to get circumcised. And it really wasn't culturally... Universal to be circumcised. And so, you know, there's a lot of back and forth where it's like, well, why? Like, I don't need to. And, you know, the Lord will convict us based on what we do need to do. And I loved verse three of chapter two because it says, yet not even Titus who was with me was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. And um, I just, I felt encouraged in that moment. And I wanted to encourage you as well of just to follow the Holy Spirit, He's going to tell you what to do and just stick with scripture. If you're confused about something, you hear someone, some religious person or someone that sounds like they know the Lord saying, hey, you really have to do this. Well, you know, maybe you do, but maybe you don't. And the thing is, is you need to look at that scripture. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 just talks about how all scripture is God breathed and it's useful for teaching and rebuke. And it's it is powerful enough to tell you what you do and do not need to do. Um, and also, follow the Holy Spirit, because we 're not going to be able to sit here and you know discern what we should or should not do without the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us and john sixteen thirteen talks about that, and it says, you know when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he will lead you into all truth, and so when we pray and ask the Holy Spirit, that 's why I think it's so important to ask him to come and you know fill us and to be with us and to teach us because he ultimately is our connection um to god he lives and dwells in us and that's incredible and he can give us revelation and discernment to know what the lord is trying to say through his word because a lot of people think they know but a lot of people really don't um and that is the truth and the next verse too is very interesting because he says um This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of them, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but there are a lot of false believers, as crazy as it sounds, there are false Christians and, um, you know, they look, smell and act like a Christian sometimes. Um, but they're not, and it's not us up for us to decide who is a real Christian, who's not, who's saved and who's not. That is not at all what I'm saying. All I am saying is, is to be careful and, you know, be careful from the discouragement and the distraction that comes from people like that. Um, that's why it's so important. And I am speaking to myself here to be in the word every day and to be praying and to be surrounding yourself with. You know people it doesn't mean you cut out the world entirely, but you make sure that you have people in your life that can speak truth to you um because there are people out there, either you know not being used by the devil or being used by the devil to be honest with you, to discourage you and to distract you from the truth um and I love just what Paul said where he said we did not give in to them even for a moment, you know we need to be. In the Bible, so that we know what it says, so that we can hear what these people are saying, and be like, "Yeah, no, I'm not going to even entertain the idea of what you're saying," because I know that God' God's words says X, Y, Z. It's super important. And then skipping down, he just is continuing to talk about all these different people, um, you know, doing this, doing that, wanting to make us slaves. And then in verse six, he says, "As for those who were held in high esteem, whatever." they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. And I just wanted to add this in here that please don't get caught up in people's titles. Don't get caught up in, oh, this man was a pastor for this many years, or this person went to seminary school at this school, or this person has been a Christian for this many years, or this person's a... Enter any title ever. A teacher, a, a police officer, a Uh, I don't know the president, like literally anything don't get caught up in the title. Um, but what we do need to pay attention to is how their fruits match with their words. So if they're claiming to be a Christian, there are certain things that the Lord said, they will know you by your fruits. They will know you by how you love. They will know you, um, by how you live. And so that is super important to look at, um, but don't get caught up just because someone says he's a pastor or just because someone claims that they have knowledge doesn't mean that you should just believe it right off the bat. Always, always, always. Even with these podcasts, go back to Scripture, search the Scriptures to see if they if it actually says that in there, and then pray and ask the Lord to confirm to you um, if that is the truth or not. And then Paul also says that you know these people. Peter, James, and these other disciples acknowledged that Paul did um, receive this amazing gift from the Lord and sent them off, sent him and Barnabas off, and I think Titus as well, to go and preach to the Gentiles, and he just said, hey, all that they asked was that we need to continue to remember the poor, which uh, that is important to us even now. Um, God does not bless us just so that we can have nice cars nice houses and have some fun and go on vacation but he blesses us so that we can bless others for their good for his glory and for our good as well Um, but this next section is very very good it's very interesting Um, verses 11 through 19 and the reason why I say it's or sorry verses 21 it goes to 29 the reason why I say it's interesting is because it is a hot topic um, in Christianity of whether or not we should call each other out or whether or not we should have these tough conversations or whether we should just let people do them, live their truth, blah, blah, blah. You do you. And here, Paul gives us a pretty clear example of what we are supposed to do. And what we are supposed to do is call out our brothers and sisters in Christ when their life isn't matching up with what the scriptures say. And Paul here is calling out Peter peter the same dude that did all the peter things that we read about in the gospels but also the same dude that jesus told that he was going to build the church on which is kind of crazy um because you know, peter sorry if you hear my um paper moving around Peter went through it. Peter had some doubts and Peter had some struggles, but he got there and the Lord is was still even, you know, refining him even in this moment. And Paul calls him out because, you know, they were sitting with the Gentiles and they were actually just separating themselves and only sitting with the Jews and making this like weird segregation type deal. And Paul's like, really dude, like just cause they won't get circumcised. That's, that's wrong. It's very faithful. That's legalistic. Um, It does not say in the Bible that we need to get circumcised in order to be saved. Lots of theological issues going on here. And Paul says, hey, like, I'm going to talk about it. And he did in front of everyone. He called Peter out. And um, he said, hey, you're being a hypocrite. And we know because of us being Jews and knowing the scriptures that it is by grace that we're saved and by faith in Jesus Like, if that's true for us, then it's true for them as well. And um, I think what I really loved about this, um, especially if you jump down to 14, what he says. um, Is that actually verse 14? No, I don't think so. I'm sorry. I just lost my train of thought it is verse 14. He said, when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, AKA Peter in front of them all, you are not a Jew yet. You live like a Gentile and not a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow a Jewish custom? He's like, basically dude, you are a Jew yet. You don't live like one because you don't follow all those rules. You don't, you don't act like a Pharisee yet you are telling Gentiles to do the things that you don't do. Because for what? It doesn't make any sense. And um, I think something that we're afraid to do nowadays is to do stuff like that. We're afraid to call out or confront a brother and sister when there's an issue. Paul said when he saw they were not acting in line with the gospel, with the truth of the gospel, he called them out and it's two-way street we need to be open to people calling us out when we're not living in a way that is in line with the gospel but we also need to for the love of these people's souls um call them out you know if we're if in a moment of weakness we need to not only expect the people around us to call us out but be okay with it and welcome it and the same goes for the opposite end we need to be willing to tell them hey This is not Christ-like. Hey, the Bible says this. And it's out of love because you care about their souls and you don't want them to you know, mess up, not mess up their relationship with the Lord, but honestly put some speed bumps in their way or put some roadblocks in their way because our sin does that. It puts space between us and God. And um, that's not what we want. And so I think we need to be more open as a whole um, to people's criticisms to people's feedback because regardless of if we believe it's true and there goes the pride versus humility thing someone still felt like it was true to say and obviously there are lies out there that happen but honestly we are not that special to where someone is going to sit there and create complete falsehoods about us there is a little bit of truth to it it's kind of like what the devil does they mix a little bit of truth with some lies and then there you go, but there is some truth to it, and so we have to own the truth part of it and repent of that and make it right, but be willing to hear it. It's hard to hear what we're not doing right. it is it i'm not a fan, honestly, but it's important because we need to lay those things at the foot of the cross we need to um grab a hold of those and say, you know what, I did do that, and I'm so sorry. And we need to mean it. We need to pray that the Lord would change our hearts, would give us hearts that would genuinely want what He would want. Um, and that is the key. And the other thing is too um that is very interesting and I don't want this to be taken in the wrong context. Um so please hear me out. But The whole premise of this argument was literally that, you know, he, Paul, was calling out Peter for them making people live a certain way when that wasn't the case and then sitting with Jews versus Gentiles. Well, let me just tell you right now that God's family is a a diverse family and that we need to not be afraid to be around people that look different than us or even honestly that you know, do things a little different than us. You know, maybe you're used to singing hymns every Sunday morning and then you visited a friend's church and they didn't sing a single hymn. That is not sinful. There needs to be no judgment there. Obviously, if they're preaching heresies and blasphemies, then that is a completely different story. But when there's little stuff like that involved, we really just need to relax and let the Lord do his work because I've I guarantee you that the Lord can work through a contemporary worship song and a Him at the same time. He is that powerful. And I don't mean to be overly sarcastic, but I just think, you know, we really need to take a step back and look at our hearts and say, why do I feel the way that I do? Is this valid? Is it scriptural? Is it filled with the Holy Spirit? If not, I need to move on from it and I need to literally give it to the Lord. Sometimes You know that verse that says I need to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Literally, whenever I'm having a thought that I shouldn't have, I do this most of the time. Um, Sometimes I'm just like, I just pray it away. But I literally picture myself capturing the thought in like a bowl or a jar. And then in my mind, I picture myself lifting my hands up with this bowl in my hand. And I just see the Lord take it out of the bowl. And then it's not in my head anymore. And if it stays in my head, I just keep doing that, that little thing in my mind until it's not in my mind anymore. And it's the same thing, you know, with stuff like that. It's like, okay, they didn't sing hymns. Whoop-dee-doo. I'm going to give that judgment that I just had on these people up to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry. These people love you. They're worshiping you. It just looks a little different. I mean, it'd be the same thing if you go to a different continent and their music is going to sound different than ours. Does that mean it's wrong? Absolutely not. Anyways, I will step down from that. (laughs) Um, A verse that does relate to that, though, is in Philippians chapter 1. In verse 15, um, he says, Paul says, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. And I think obviously, you know, there are some important things to keep in mind here. This does not mean to accept all the crazy things that that people are saying. But I think that we do have to remember that God is bigger than we are and that we can't fathom what he does or how he thinks or how he moves. Um, But what we can fathom is that um, God is at work and we can see it sometimes. (laughs) But God shows up and he does big things and you know, and we need to be able to look at some of these other believers who, again, sing hymns or don't sing hymns and say, You know what? The Lord's at work there. I see him and people are growing. They're coming to know the Lord and I'm just going to let the Lord do his work because as verse 18 says, The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And I remember hearing a story of my friend's dad who came to know the Lord through a prosperity gospel teacher who I do not believe is scripturally accurate or biblical whatsoever, but he became a Christian by hearing that guy preach. And I was like, what? How? You know, but the Lord did his work in that man's heart using the preaching done out of selfish ambition. And God made a way because God's ways are higher than ours. So just keep that in mind. And, you know, I, I, I want to finish this off on a high note. So I think we should really just jump down to verse 19, but Paul ends his little, not ends, but he ends his little call out of Paul by, or of, oh my goodness, let me restart. It's late and I'm tired. I'm so sorry. My words are not coming out properly. Paul ends his call-out session of Peter by talking about the law versus faith and living in Christ and how he's really trying to get his point across um, that Peter needs to get over himself and remember that Jesus came for the Jews and the Gentiles, that he loves all of humanity, which is why he died, and that the law does not have any weight any longer. We don't have to wear single fabriced clothes and send women away when they're on their periods anymore because of Christ we live in faith Jesus Christ lives in us and verse 19 says for through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me the life I now live in the body I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Drop the mic. I mean, he he really just ends it on a high note. And I think, you know, there's definitely things that we need to take from that. If we could earn our righteousness, as verse 21 talks about, and we set aside God's grace saying, no, I need to do it myself. What was the purpose of Jesus coming then? And what does it matter to you in your life? And why do you follow him at that point? I used to be that way. I used to feel like my worth and my value came from, um, you know, what I did and what I accomplished. My grades, what people thought of me, my accomplishments in sports or whatever. You can insert anything into that and that's what I thought. And I felt like that's how it was with my parents and I thought that's how it was with God. I thought I had to earn it, earn their love and I don't. You know, even backing up to verse 20, it says the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. God loved us. Jesus loved us and he gave himself up for us. That's why we need to not set aside God's grace and try to earn it ourselves. And it's hard. It's a learning curve. It it really is. Um, You know, some of us are on the side of I'm going to do nothing and let Jesus do all the work, which have I got an episode for you and a couple uh, weeks here pretty soon maybe I'll just release it early but it's also the same for the opposite of you know not being you you can't earn it there's there's a, a middle ground there's a part that we play and a part that God plays um and it, it works together but just remember that God's grace is there he loves you he cares for you um the life that we live now we live by faith um if people try to tell you hey you must do this to be right in the eyes of god if that if they're telling you that you must do anything other than repent to confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead they're telling you to lick the ground or else you can't be a christian like you guys need to have get some discernment from the lord and pray that the holy spirit would reveal his truth to you to spend time in the word spend time with people who love him Listen to some sermons from good, solid preachers, and if you need some, I can suggest some. Um, But spend time with the Lord. I know this episode was kind of all over the place. Um, I really just wanted to make sure that we kind of touched on chapter 2. There's a lot in there, um, and it's just, there's a lot of good stuff. So I would just go and read it yourselves. Spend some time in the Word. Ask the Lord to reveal Himself to you, which He will. Um, Jeremiah 29 talks about when you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. It is a promise um, to seek the Lord, guys. Seek seek him, seek his face, seek his goodness, and you will find him. And I am so excited to hear from you guys. I love you all. Um, please spend time with the Lord. If you need prayer, you know where to find me, Instagram. If you have my number, text me. If you don't, maybe I'll consider giving it to you. Probably not, though, uh, because that's what Instagram DMs are for. All right, guys. Have a good night.